How does a person's little brother inspire them to become a pediatrician at the ripe old age of 15? What's it like growing up African-American in American Fork, Utah, and becoming more resilient and driven because of it? Is it possible to still be a sports aficionado and a busy medical student at the same time? Today on Talking Admissions and Med Student Life, I interview Eddie, a first-year medical student here at the University of Utah School of Medicine. Helping you prepare for one of the most rewarding careers in the world. This is Talking Admissions and Med Student Life with your host, the Dean of Admissions at the University of Utah School of Medicine, Dr. Benjamin Chan. Well, welcome to another edition of Talking Admissions and Med Student Life. I've got a fantastic guest today, Eddie. First year student, how are you yeah, doing? Doing so good. Good, great. And like, it sounds like school is, uh, you're right in the middle of finals, it sounds like. Getting close. So next week we start off with our finals. We have one on Monday, two Wednesday, one Friday. That's a lot. Yes. That's a lot. All right, before we get into it, let's, let's go back to okay. time machine. Let's go back to the beginning. Yes. Uh, when, when did you decide to become a doctor? How old were you and what was going on? I was about 14, 15. Mm-hmm. So about 15 years old. Okay. And... I have an interesting story about how that came about because for me... Well, that's why you're here. Let's hear it. Well, exactly. But mine came about because of my little brother. Mm. Me and him, he's 16 now, so he was only two when the idea popped into my head. Mm. And I grew up, I'm the oldest of five, single parent family. And so... And where's this at? We're going American to Fork. American Fork. Yeah, so I grew okay. up in American Fork, Utah. All right. And, yeah, just single parent family. Mm-hmm. And then, so I was kind of the dad from mm-hmm. like age four or so. And so I had a lot of responsibilities on my plate and you grow up a little bit quick and you don't get that childhood that you want. And mm-hmm. when my little brother was born, he was, he was just my only little brother and me and him just connected quickly. When he was about two years old, I just saw how much joy that childhood has. Mm-hmm. And me and him would play, we would run around, we had the best time ever. And it was just so fun because... Yeah, I got to see the innocence of childhood. I got to see what having a childhood is like. And so there was something that just drew me to that. It drew me to kids, drew me to helping individuals that didn't get to have what I, or that get to have what I didn't. Mm-hmm. And so I remember talking to a friend and I was always, always captivated by the body. We're just very complex individuals. We, how the body works is just very fascinating to me. And I had a friend tell me, she's like, you know, I'm thinking about becoming a pediatrician. I'm like, what in the world? I've never heard that word. What is that? Mm-hmm. And she's like, it's it's a kid doctor. I'm like, hmm. I looked into it. I researched it. And I'm like, you know what? Something just sparked inside me. I'm like, that that's going to be my journey. Mm-hmm. I'm going to try to become a pediatrician. And as I've gotten older and over the years of this journey, I've I've seen the disparities that occur in medicine. And that's driven me even more. Growing up in Utah, being a minority, mm-hmm. and African-American, especially in Utah, is you're, you're not, there's not many out there. Mm-hmm. And so I didn't get a lot of exposure to what the disparities among African-Americans are like, but just seeing it among just minorities in general, it drew me to wanting to help. And that, that desire to help others that get what I didn't, Mm-hmm. was something that just 
drove the like what was the driving force gave it the fire oh the yeah going. and it just kept going because I like, got my little brother sparked it mm-hmm. and then that dad just kept going and going was he was he sick a lot or no it wasn't no. even that he was okay. sick it was yeah. just the fact that uh, as I had a younger sister that was sick she had asthma mm-hmm. and all sorts of just health issues she was always in the um, hospital and stuff and we didn't get the best health care mm-hmm. and I mean I was still younger I didn't fully understand. But as I like did classes and stuff in medicine, like pre-med and just even seeing just the problems in the world out there, I, I just, that, that, that was what really f- just kept like my desire to erase these disparities. Yeah. Cause I've always been one that I, I look, I, I try to be one that can change, change the future for others. Mm-hmm. Like I look like I'm the oldest. So my siblings, I've. I've always been, I'm like, I'm going to set a good path for you mm-hmm. so that you don't have to go through what I did. And so, and then all through like my undergrad and stuff, I worked with individuals from disadvantaged circumstances to help them and erase those different obstacles that I had to face to get to where I am. Mm-hmm. Uh, you mentioned growing up African-American in Utah. Mm-hmm. What was that like in American Fork? It was interesting. I was in my graduate. you have some stories. Oh, so <laughs> many. Well, it's when there's not much exposure to a certain culture, mm-hmm. there's a lot of cultural insensitivity. Mm-hmm. I've had things said to me that I'm like, wow, wow. Yeah. can you, I can't believe you just said that to me. And just, there's a lot of stereotypes placed upon me. Like I love sports. That is probably my favorite pastime. And I was good at it because I, I practiced and practiced, but they would attribute my being good at sports too, because I'm, I'm black mm-hmm. and stuff as they said, would say. I'm like, no, it has nothing to do with being just black, just gives me these naturally amazing athletic abilities. And not only that is even like growing up or going through college and things, I, I, I worked my butt off. I got good grades and mm-hmm. I'd get scholarships. It's like, oh, you just got that because you're black. It's like, no, mm-hmm. like they try to attribute my success and things and like getting acknowledged for things to being black. It's, and I, I, you have to become very resilient, very just dismissive of what they say, because otherwise it could weigh you down. I think, uh, you know, I, I perceive you have to grow up more quickly. Oh, yeah. very much so. Yeah. Because yeah. you're dealing with comments and what people say much earlier at a younger age. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, not only that, I've had things said to me that, yeah, I, I remember in elementary school being called certain words mm-hmm. and I would just go home crying and I had no idea like, why people would be saying those yeah. things to me. Yeah. And then like sometimes... Uh, like yeah, I work with kids a lot, mm-hmm. and sometimes like in my child psychiatry job, and like sometimes the kids don't know the word, but they know like the feeling, like yes. the anger and the venom behind the word, and oh, that and yeah. that can like cause the tears, the emotional reaction as well. So mm-hmm. it's fascinating and it's sad that yeah. it goes on. When it even happens now, I remember mm-hmm. first the first date me and my wife had, mm-hmm. me and her were just walking around, and I got called certain things, and she was just shocked. Mm-hmm. And I've been going through it for a while, mm-hmm. and so I just, I mean, I was just something I just dismissed and stuff. But she was pretty distraught. She's like, I can't believe people would still say things like that. I'm like, yeah, it's. You just get used to it. It's ridiculous. Well, well Eddie, let's let's uh, let's jump up to high school. Yeah, um, you're in high school. You're studying hard. Uh, you're getting good grades. Walk me through the decision about how you went through the college application process. Oh my goodness, I'm a first generation student. I had no idea what I was doing. I still have no idea what I'm doing. Like it's <laughs> one of those things where each step I take is just one of my, like it's going down a path that's never been um, a foot has never touched, mm-hmm. and so it's. 
there's been a lot of bumps and bruises and a lot of problems along the way. And high school was interesting because I always thought I was going to go out of state. Mm -hmm. I didn't really take any. I, I took plenty of classes I could have done concurrent enrollment or AP classes I took. I never. There was one class I didn't take the AP test and other classes I just I didn't sign up for concurrent enrollment. So I'm like, oh, I'm going to go to my favorite college, Notre Dame. Mm -hmm. I, was, I was born out that way. And uh, so I thought. And I was so naive because, mm -hmm. yeah, the application process came about and, and yeah, like I said, I had no idea what I was doing. Mm -hmm. And I realized, oh, right at the very, like, once I started applying, I'm like, wait a second, tuition, money costs and stuff for going out of state versus in state. And no one really told me about this. Notre Dame is expensive. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> and so I was just applying to a few colleges in, in Utah. Mm -hmm. And, um, yeah, it was... Yeah, I had a lot of help, and what's nice is they like the application process is pretty simple. It mm -hmm. walks you through it, yeah. and so were you trying to find uh, like schools that had a good kind of pre med program, or were you kind of thinking those along those lines back then? Or well, once again, I didn't even realize there was a pre med program. Mm -hmm. Like there were certain pre med classes you had to take. I was just like, I just assumed, hey, you had to take some science classes in college. You have to do well that's all i really thought i didn't realize there was an mcat i didn't realize yeah. there's all the extracurricular things you had to do once again i've been so naive in this process mm -hmm. and so i just i started applying to certain schools i felt like i could do well and get in get scholarships because having a single single mother raising five kids i was gonna have to pay for myself mm -hmm. and i applied to suu got a full ride there mm -hmm. and but then I was also playing football, and mm -hmm. I had Utah State looking at me, mm -hmm. kind of. And so I applied up there. I got in. I ended up going to Utah State because I was going to play football. Mm -hmm. But they just wanted I, – I didn't really like the position I was going for. And What I was, position were you playing? So I was a, re I, I was a really good kicker mm -hmm. in high school, and they wanted me to kick. I hated it. I hated it. I love having the ball. Mm -hmm. I love catching the ball and getting tackled or being tackled. Yeah. And so I played tight end and outside linebacker, and I wanted to go for those positions. But being 5'11", I'm a bigger dude, but being 5'11", playing those positions, it, did, it wouldn't work. Yeah. And so they wanted me to kick. And I remember going up to Utah State, and I was a preferred walk-on, so I would have made the team, but it just did not vibe with me. Mm -hmm. I, I didn't like the culture. I didn't like just the type of individuals I'd be around all the time and the time commitment because I felt that I was going to become a doctor. Yeah. I didn't have time for this. And so it was either school or athletics. And athletics is a full-time job yes. at, at that time. At that so. point. I've, had, I've had a few friends who played college athletics, football, basketball, mm. you know, track, you know, and, and it's like when they talk about it, it's like, wow. The practice time and the oh, commitment, yeah. and it kind of takes the fun out of the sport. Like almost mm -hmm. universally, people, it's it's a it's a it's a full time job yeah. on top of school. So yeah. and yeah, and then so I got there and I just I didn't like it, and so then I had a decision: do I go down, figure out how to get down to SUU, or just stay at Utah State? And just decided to stay at Utah State. Mm -hmm. And you know, it's funny because I tried to I tried to leave Utah State a couple times, apply down to the U or UVU mm -hmm. and stuff. Got in, didn't get the scholarships I got up there, so I just stayed up there. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, that was that was my journey to. So, how was it like going from American Fork to Logan? It was different. More snow. Was freezing. Oh, and I'm one. I still don't know why I'm in Utah. I do not like the cold. It's like this time of the year is miserable. It's dark all the time. It's cold. Yeah. I hate it. But I have family here, mm -hmm. and you know, I got into the U, which I'm like, you know what? I can't pass this up. Mm -hmm. And so, but yeah, going up to Logan was it was it was a lot different. It's a lot smaller. Mm -hmm. 
Whereas growing up in American Fork, you're it's kind of a smaller field, but you're really close to everything. Yeah. And Logan, you're not close to anything, and you have to drive through the canyon, and so it's it was it was a cultural sh- uh, change, mm-hmm. and yeah, a lot of outdoors things. But growing up, I was a city boy, mm-hmm. and so didn't find a lot of joy doing those things. So that's another reason why it just wasn't my type of place, but. You know, there's a lot of excellent things that happen, and yeah. some of the, like life changing courses that mm-hmm. took place or events that's happened in Logan. So I am very appreciative for my time up yeah. in Logan. And how did the pre med activities go? Because we're not we're all not only talking about the science classes, mm-hmm. we're also talking research and community service. Yeah. Like, what did that look like for you? How did you get involved? Yeah. So the pre med advisor mm-hmm. Yvonne. She was phenomenal. She was... Shout out to Yvonne, who is listening right now. Seriously. No, like, she saved me in... To get to... Like, this point, a lot of... The reason why I'm here is because of her. Because, once again, I was naive. had no idea what I was doing. And so, yeah, it... Oh, my gosh. Um, First off, the science classes. Those... Those were... That was a journey. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a few of those, like they call them, quote unquote, we, uh, weeding out classes, mm-hmm. and those were those were fun. Um, where science isn't my strong suit, it's more. I'm more of a social science individual. I did really well. I've always done really well with like the human development and sociology, physics, or psychology, and stuff. And so those were difficult, but I still got through. And then the extracurriculars. That's honestly where I truly came to love the pre-med process mm-hmm. and because i've always been one where i look at you know it's important to get to your goal and reach that destination but it's what you become in the process that is crucial and it was those extracurricular activities that helped me become the man i am now and developed me to get to this point mm-hmm. and so i first started off by doing a lot of volunteering okay. and i've always you know, you have those typical like volunteering research and different paths that a lot of pre-meds do. And I've always been one where I try to, I need to find something I enjoy. If I don't enjoy it, I'm going to have a really rough time um, doing it and like truly loving it. And so I started off at a woman's shelter up mm. in Logan okay. and I volunteered there for about two and a half years. And it was the most incredible. Were you doing counseling or what were you doing? No, so I was I was just helping out with yeah. like I was on the um, hot, let's see crisis hotline, okay. taking in calls. I also went. That's a little counseling. So yeah, yeah, yeah I guess yeah, a little yeah, bit. Yeah, yeah. But then I well actually I did do a little counseling. I did a lot of child counseling. So mm-hmm. like they would have the mothers would go to their um, women's groups. Mm-hmm. So I would take all the kids and we would do our own type of children's counseling group setting cool which that was phenomenal i would go back into the shelter and work with families like interact with the kids and mothers and then just run a bunch of different um errands that like the shelter needed and assist that way but probably my all-time favorite was the that's what was it called rape prevention education um where i would go to high schools and they would teach girls protective um Techniques like combat, I guess combat skills or something in case they... Defense skills. Defense skills. There yeah, we go. Yeah. I was trying to find the word. Maneuvers. Yeah. yeah. So. And so I'd get beat up. I would uh, <laughs> we would teach them and I'd put on this red padded suit oh, okay. and they would just beat the snot. They'd go for the eyes, the groin, the neck. Oh, yeah, yeah. plenty. Oh, yeah. yeah. 
And so that that was probably my all-time favorite because it's like you're teaching these individual skills that can save them in the future. Fascinating. How'd you get into that stuff? I just I was researching. I'm like, okay, I need I need some community service, and it just popped up one day, mm-hmm. and I called in, and it was yeah, it was probably one of the greatest decisions I made. Mm-hmm. And so I did that research. I worked in the let's see, what was it? It was an athletic like childhood athletic lab Mm -hmm. where they worked with um they researched like parents involvement with their uh, children's schooling or athletics and so i gotta do crunch numbers and look at things that way that was that was fascinating and what else there's yeah i was in school for so long i feel like there Mm -hmm. were so many odds and ends that i did just to um, get exposure to different aspects of but it sounds like there's a lot of people that were helping you, rallying to your cause, pushing you forward. Very much so, yeah. Especially Yvonne, because yeah, I would I would go to her all the time, be like, okay, I don't know what I'm doing. Where do I go with this? Mm-hmm. What? How do I go about this? And she would spell things out, and we would we sat multiple times just talking and discussing things. Mm-hmm. And then your wife. You mentioned your wife. Yes. So you met up with Logan. I met her my last semester or in my last year of school towards the end of my, yeah. In Logan or or back in America? In Logan. In Logan. Yeah. So when you told her you want to go to med school, what was that conversation like? Oh my goodness. Was she super jazzed or like, oh my gosh, or? I don't think she fully understood what it entails. Okay. But she's always been supportive. Mm -hmm. And when I'm not, like she's my rock and she definitely is one where if I'm getting out of line, I'm not working as hard as I need to. She's like, hey, you need to get your butt in gear. Mm-hmm. Let's kick it up because you're not showing that you're going to be able to do this. And so that's always been a good driving force. And, yeah, bringing it up to her the first time, she's like, oh, that's really cool. Because her family is really, like, all my in-laws are very, um, education is very important to them. Mm-hmm. And, like, going places and stuff has been very important. How did so you guys meet? We actually met in a basketball class. Oh, okay. So we have a little, like, PE basketball classes they help at up at Utah State. We I took it. And... We we ended up playing after class a few times with mm-hmm. a couple of buddies, and it took a little bit because she didn't notice me. I didn't notice her. She was just some cool girl that she was this tall girl that would play basketball. Yeah, and we'd have great fun. jump shot. Oh yeah, yeah good yeah. jump shot. Like, she can shoot it from deep, and yeah. her, it's funny. She's six feet. Mm-hmm. She doesn't really have many post moves. Mm-hmm. So yeah, but she can shoot it from three point all day, and uh, her defense is locked down. Mm-hmm. So we'd play, and I just got to know someone. Like, huh. My buddy, he was like, you know what? You should ask her out. I'm like, maybe I will. Mm-hmm. And then I did, and best decision in my life. Awesome. And I think at Utah State, you did some radio stuff? I did. Yeah. Oh, so my gosh. How'd you yes. get into that? Because you do have this smooth, sultry voice. <laughs> <laughs> I've had so many people tell me that, like, even in high school and stuff, like, your voice would be perfect for radio. Mm-hmm. I had no idea how to get into the radio. <laughs> I still would love to get into radio and figure out. And I love sports, so I had a talk show uh, at Utah State, Aggie Radio, really? that okay. was all about sports. Uh-huh. And I, I, you know, I always walk by, because it's down in the main, like, student center. Mm-hmm. You walk by the radio station. And... So I'm like, you know what? Maybe I'll figure out someone I can talk to to maybe see if I can get jump on the radio. And found somebody, and they're like, hey, we're looking for some uh, uh, sports talk show hosts and stuff. And, yeah, jumped on it and had a couple co-hosts, and it was uh, it was a blast. So it wasn't, it wasn't right after games. It was, like, during the week. Yeah, it was during and, the and week. And you kind of, like, analyze, break it down, projections kind of thing. Yeah, so yeah. we would um, we weren't really uh, supposed to talk a lot about 
um, the actual college sports because there there's a lot of rules and regulations with oh, okay. stuff like that. Like okay. we couldn't interview players and okay. things because yeah, all the contracts. I don't even know how that works. Mm-hmm. But we would talk about like yeah, the upcoming week. Mm-hmm. What we would make our picks for like the NFL, college. Okay, like, so it wasn't, college just, wasn't just Aggie sports. It was no. everything. Okay. Yeah, it was everything. It was yeah, football, basketball were our main things. We talked a little baseball and stuff, mm-hmm. but. Yeah, we would uh, we had certain sections that we would uh, what was it called bystander mm-hmm. bystander opinion or something. We and one of my co-hosts we'd always we didn't see eye to eye on a few um, different topics, and so we would always debate and we would pull individuals from outside in and we'd be like, hey. What's your take? Like, whose side are you on here? Mm-hmm. And we would take a few, and we'd have the winner would um, they get bragging rights for the week and stuff. So, did you have like, people call in, or we they couldn't figure out the phone systems? Okay, it was funny though. My stepdad would Cause always because I hear that. Like, well, I've listened to a little talk radio sports. Mm-hmm. Not not at you guys, unfortunately. Yeah. <laughs> but like, that's where you get some of the very interesting takes where yes. people call in with like very interesting opinions about things. Yeah. yeah no, we um. So my family would listen in, mm-hmm. like especially my stepdad. He was religiously would listen in, and he'd always be texting me. And so he would text me certain things on the topics we were talking about, and I would chime in. I'd be like, oh, so Nappy says this about this topic and stuff. So it was kind of like. Like that, but no, we yeah. I wish we would have had the phones because he would have called in all the time. Yeah, yeah. So, all right. So Eddie, you're you're doing you're doing great at Utah State. Um, a lot of different activities. Um, Yvonne's helping you. What was your strategy going into the med school application process? What what what, what like did you apply to law schools? A few schools since you were getting married. Yeah. Since you just met Taya Taya Taya. Did you kind of want to stay local? I mean, what, what, what was the strategy oh, going in? Goodness. It was just get into college or to med school. Okay. Let's just get in. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I looked at my application and I was trying to figure out, okay, where, how do I rank? Mm-hmm. GPA was pretty good. MCAT score, that really, I, I took it right after I graduated in, seven, mm-hmm. in 2017. And I literally bombed it. It was really rough. I was trying, like, yeah. And so... I waited a year, took a gap year, and that's when I actually found, um, I, I was working on my application, figuring out, studying for the MCAT, getting things going that way, and then took the MCAT in 2018, did okay. Did better. Did yeah. did a lot better, yeah. but it was still where it comes to like the average of the mm-hmm. nation and stuff. I'm like, oh, this is... I don't know how this is going to work, but I'm going to apply. Mm-hmm. And I looked into DO schools. I looked into MD schools, and I just started sending out my applications. So all summer, I just spent hours upon hours working on applications. And do you prim- remember? Do you remember how many you sent out? Oh my gosh! Um, more than ten? More than thirty? Uh, or? It was probably in the twenties. Okay, Cha-ching. Um, yeah. Yeah. Well, and what's nice is. When you grow up with little money, there's fee assistance programs. Mm-hmm. Like the AMC has a fee assistance that will help you, and that really saved my bank mm-hmm. because I'd say I've been saving up money for this process, and even with the money I'd saved up with the fee assistance, my bank account just tanked, mm-hmm. and so it was. I was very grateful for that, which because it allows you to send a certain number of applications out, and then you can get fee waivers and for like secondary applications and stuff. So that that did save me a lot, and um, so the yeah, and that so I did that, but yeah, it, it, honestly, it was mostly time like. Mm-hmm. I'd be okay if I sent a little bit more money and didn't have to write all these applications because, oh my goodness, like it's exhausting. Yes. So, twenty or so applications. Mm-hmm. How many interview offers started to come in? So, 
I got, I was later in the process. Mm-hmm. I first off, I, I took the MCAT in, I think it was July, mm-hmm. June or July. So I didn't get my application out until end of July, early August, which by that time people are just starting to get like get offers, inter- yeah. offers yeah. and stuff. And so I was nervous that I wasn't going to get anything, but I ended up with, let's see, my first interview was out in the Uniform Service University. Mm-hmm. And then I went, I came here. It was my second one. I had one in a DO school out in Texas. Mm-hmm. And then I had one, an offer in a Virginia school, middle of nowhere. I decided to decline that one because, one, I had no idea, or I did not want to live in the middle of nowhere. Mm-hmm. But then I also had one at Meharry mm-hmm. Medical School. And so I had, yeah, five five offers. Okay. Went to four, at four of them. And then I got into three schools. Okay. So. So... Why Utah? Why did you choose this place? One, so... It, well, 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 let's seal the deal for you. Yes. Yeah. Well, what was interesting... Especially with someone who wanted to go out of state. Oh, I wanted to. I, yeah. Well, what was nice, Taya was all about just, let's get in. Let's, like, she was all for going out of state. She was mm-hmm. so excited to like leave if, if we were to leave or mm-hmm. stay if we were to stay. She didn't care. Let's just start this next journey in our process. And uh, we... So I first got into a school out in Texas. Mm-hmm. It's a deal school out there, and I was just stoked. We were we were planning. I got waitlisted here, mm-hmm. and so I didn't really know I was even going to get in. Mm-hmm. So I was just planning on going to interesting. Okay. Yeah, I was planning on going to Texas. I went out to Mary. I got in there, mm-hmm. but did not really like the school. Just the culture about the play just did not vibe with me very well. Very East Coasty. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, and just even the interview just turned me off because it was. Very disorganized. Mm-hmm. It was just almost seemed like it was just thrown together, mm-hmm. and so I just got a bad vibe about that. The location of it, it, yeah. And so they offered me. I just declined it because I'd already gotten into school in Texas. Okay. And so me and her, me and Tara, were planning on going out to Texas, and we actually had made plans to go out to Texas, and we were going to visit. I think it was June first. We were flying out. Well, I think it was like May sixteenth or seventeenth. I get a call from Doctor Chan. I remember talking to you. Oh yep. my gosh! Like you well, were very, very happy. Yeah, I was. Well, I was dumbfounded because a little. Yeah, I think shocked. Yeah, yeah, because I well, it was funny because I was. I remember exactly where I was. I was in my extra room studying mm-hmm. or working on applications. Actually, I can't remember what I was doing, but I do remember where I was. And it was early morning. And I was just, my wife was like, hey, you got a phone call. I look on it. University of Utah School of Medicine. I'm like, oh, no. Like, is this seriously? Mm-hmm. And it's the phone. Hey, is this Edward Holloway? Yes. This is Dr. Chan. My mouth just dropped. <laughs> my wife's just sitting there like, oh, my goodness. And so then it was a deciding process. Do we go out to Texas or do we come go to Utah? Mm-hmm. And, you know, we went out to Texas. We saw it and we're like, you know what? This is awesome place. We love Texas. The school, though, it's a brand new school. I think they're in their third year this year, mm-hmm. and they just their curriculum and everything. I just didn't really, I don't know. It didn't sit with me very well. And I remember coming up here for the interview. I just loved it. And we also have family here. Yeah. And so tuition's cheaper because it's in state. Yeah. We also also the university is just a phenomenal medical school. And it's funny because back in high school, we're going back now, mm-hmm. when I first decided I want to be a doctor, I I started rooting for the U because mm-hmm. they had a medical school. Wow. 
and just rooting for them in like sports. I don't think you can do that in American Fork. Well, <laughs> oh no. Well, and the thing was too, like everyone was BYU seat, fans. The, the seat of uh, Utah County. Oh yeah. my gosh, yes. Everyone is BYU fans, and it just irritated me because BYU fans. There's just something about them that just irritates the heck out of me. Oh my gosh. Mm-hmm. And there's just this BYU pride that just I get this a sickening taste in my mouth. And so I'm like, I'm not rooting for BYU. I didn't even know about Utah State. And Utah had a medical school. I'm going to root for Utah. And so that was also, it was kind of like a dream to get into the University of Utah. Mm -hmm. And they've always been a top, like, I remember, like, top 50 medical school even back in high school for me, like, 14, 15 years ago. And Mm -hmm. so I'm just like, you know what? Utah, it's awesome school the education will be top notch the location though it's in utah we have family here mm-hmm. my wife is pregnant as well at the time so i'm like okay that would be support there and all these things i'm just like you know what can i bear another four winters in utah yeah and so that was the decision okay and how's your first semester gone oh my goodness like i mentioned earlier it's like it's the journey you become something in the process, and mm-hmm. this has been such a what, what's a molding mm-hmm. semester. I'd had two years off. The last thing, like the closest thing I had to my education was teaching preschool. Mm-hmm. So I taught preschool for the year prior to med school, and that does not prepare you for med school. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was awesome. Character development was phenomenal. But when it comes to all the information that they throw on you, I was not ready for this. And I'd also taken all my pre-med classes really quickly mm-hmm. in my undergrad. So it had been, I think 2014 was the last time I took some science classes. Mm-hmm. So it's been, it's, it's been a lot of trial and error mm-hmm. and figuring out one, how to learn Two, They always talk about you're drinking from a fire hose. Yeah. Didn't fully understand that until they threw us into the weeds of things. Yeah. And it, Literally, that's a really good representation of what it feels like, all the information they throw at you. And over this course of this time, it's it's kicked my butt. Mm-hmm. My hands down, kicked my butt. It's been a struggle. And there are nights where I'm like, I don't think I can do this. Especially in the beginning, I'm like, I'm just going to fail. I'm not going to make it. There's no way this is even possible. And as time's gone on, I've come to learn like how I'm learning been able to grasp the material a little bit better. It's a little, it's, I'm figuring this out a little late, but I'm grateful for just how foundations like the first semester of medical school is, is run. And like the focus on figuring out, figure out how you learn, figure out how you're going to do this, build that foundation Mm -hmm. so that you can better prepare for the next uh, few years. And so it's, yeah, like I said, it's been a trying process been probably one of the hardest things I've had to do and it's I've learned more in the past what three months than I have probably in my lifetime but it's been great any pleasant surprises the first semester anything yeah you know there it's more than just school Mm -hmm. it's more than just like sitting down in a class learning material you're also interacting with patients Mm -hmm. it's they call it the clinical like clinical methods clinical method curriculum yeah Yeah. so so you when you're learning like learning that I was pleasantly surprised at how well I did. I mean, I've always been good with people. I was, I was a waiter for 11 years of my life and stuff. I interacted with people really well. But to see how it translates into medicine and being able to interact with people and do certain um, skills on them, it's it was nice to see, hey, I'm not completely 
um, hopeless when it comes to medical school. There are some aspects that I'm really good at. Mm-hmm. And so that was, that's helped me and given me strength to like, keep going. That's been reassuring. Yes. Yeah. It's like, you know what? I do belong here. Even if like, I'm still trying to figure out the whole academic side of things, you know how to work with people. You know how to make them feel comfortable and make it so that they know that you're going to take care of them. Mm-hmm. And so now it's just taking this information and learning the proper, like, well, the proper academics to benefit them even more. Let's see. Well, Eddie, I'm, I don't know, I'm just so happy that you're here because it's, I, I just see you around the library sometimes and you just seem to be doing really well. And I know it's been a big adjustment with all the material, oh, yeah. um, but I'm just glad that you're here. And, uh, I guess my last question is Eddie, what would you say to anyone out there listening who's maybe on the fence if they're not sure if they want to apply to med school or not, or maybe struggling a bit and they're not sure, you know, they've hit the wall. What what would you say to them? What advice would you give to them? Oh my goodness. Walls. You will continually hit walls Mm -hmm. in med school and just in life in general. I've hit so many walls in my upbringing, my school scholastic career, and even social, just every aspect you you're going to hit walls. What's important is how you get over them or how do you break through them? Mm -hmm. And if you really feel like medicine would be a good career for you, go for it. You're going to hit walls. You're going to struggle. But that's the journey. And you learn and grow. And it's as cliche as it sounds. You you pick yourself up like you you dust yourself off and you learn. You grow from your failures. Mm -hmm. And that's that couldn't be more true in medicine. And, you know, it's it's going to be hard. But nothing worthwhile is going to be easy. Like, if it was just handed to me and med school was just a breeze, I wouldn't be where I'm at. I wouldn't have grown to the degree that I have. And I'm actually very appreciative for the walls I've hit, the struggles I've gone through, and even all the doubts that I've had to becoming a doctor. Because there were many times I'm like, in undergrad, I was like, I'm not doing this. I don't want to be a doctor. I don't want to go down this path anymore. But I stuck through it. And as by doing so, it's solidified even more my desire, which then as you get going further along, you see how much that has impacted your drive and your desire. Your, it, those mis, those problems, those walls, those failures, they add fuel to the fire if you allow them to. Mm-hmm. So for those out there that aren't like they're on the fence or they're struggling and stuff, just keep going. Mm-hmm. Like there are resources out there that can help you and, you know, push through fight. And by doing so, you're going to thank yourself in the long run. If I could look back and on past that even many years ago, I'd be like, you know what? Thank you for keeping, like, keep going. Like you've done so well. Mm-hmm. Has it sucked? Oh my gosh. Yes. But you know what? Like I am who I am now. Because I sucked it up mm-hmm. and it was miserable. I'm like, you know what? I'm going to bear through this. And so, yeah, I would probably say that. Beautiful, Eddie. Well, we'll have to have you come back on the pod and get updates as you go through. Oh, definitely. And then maybe next time we can talk a little bit more sports because I would love to have your hot takes on things. Oh, heck yes. <laughs> I would gladly. Do you still have time to kind of follow sports or is, is school a little too busy? Oh, no, I got some time. Okay. So, yeah, okay. a little time. All right. All right. Um, well, I mean, next time. Eddie, 
Thank you for coming on. Thank you for taking a break from your studies. And we're going to have you come back because I want to hear more about your journey in med school and how it goes. That would be great. Yes, I appreciate your time. This this has been a dream. It's so funny (laughs) because I look back. I remember you'd come to Utah State so many times. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, that's Dr. Chan. Like, we would, like, worship you because you're the guy that gets us into med school. Now I'm here talking with you. Yvonne's the one that helps you get into med school. It's true. But you're the one looking at our application. And you're like, hey, like, we want you. It's the committee. Well, Eddie, I'm so glad you're here. Hey, thank you so much, sir. I appreciate you. Thanks for listening to Talking Admissions and Med Student Life with Dr. Benjamin Chan, the ultimate resource to help you on your journey to and through medical school. A production of the Scope Health Sciences Radio, online at thescoperadio.com.